With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here are your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. Welcome to Inside the Tour, the Tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Nina Pantic, and I'm joined by my co-host, Irina Falcone. Hey guys, how's it going? Today is an awesome episode. We have Madison Keys. She is a top 20 player who has made the semifinals of two slams last year. It's me! Let's just start with the fact that you live in Lake Nona, and Irina does too. What's life like in Orlando and living as neighbors? Uh, it's been really fun, actually. We used to live in the same apartment building, and then I think I think now, technically, we may live closer to each other. Maybe. <laughs> Being only having one house in between us, but it's been really fun, especially when one of us is, like, baking something, and we're like, uh, do you have any milk? <laughs> and we'll, like, show up with a cup. Yep. It's like, okay, see you later, bye! It so, has happened before. It's been fun. Anything uh, that you absolutely love about living in Lake Nona? I I really like that it's just quiet and there's not a lot going on. They're building more and more, but mm-hmm. I mean, we're on the road all of the time. So coming home and it being pretty chill and having my own place to just stay, especially with everyone around, mm-hmm. having four or five friends within a two minute drive has been really nice. Um, so new house owner. You did a phenomenal job with the entire place. Uh, where'd you get your design, if anything? Or you just pretty much were like, this is all me. I'm just going to go for it. And I watch far too much HGTV. And I just had an idea in my head. And my style has evolved since I did my first apartment until now. And I just kept finding pieces. And it was a little bit difficult because I couldn't actually put them in a space I had to in my head kind of piece together everything and hope that it worked and luckily it did there was probably one decision that I made that after the fact I wasn't happy about but it was just lots of fun and I kept doing more and more and I think unfortunately now I'm officially done because there's no more space for anything I think it's pretty cool to be a homeowner at 23 I mean I like 28 but like I'm so far from that. So to me, that's like pretty badass. And to like furnish the whole place, sorry, Irina's house is like half empty. So that's well ahead of the game. I just like that she's been here because I've decided along the lines that although I love something, it doesn't fit in my house anymore. So I get to come over to Irina's and sit on the couch that I still very much love. (laughs) Yeah, I pretty much um, furnish things to Maddie Keys. Yeah, I get to come visit the things that I still love that I don't have space for anymore. <laughs> All right. Um, so off season, it's a really tough time for most players training 
eight hours a day, it can be very exhausting. Anything fun you've been doing? I've been honestly just being a Lake Nona resident. It's been kind of fun. I've I go to the gym sometimes in the neighborhood and I always laugh because I see neighbors now and my friend was here yesterday and I was honking at Irina and Travis like waving at my neighbors and she just looked at me and went, you are so old. <laughs> so I've actually really enjoyed that and as hard as off season is, you get to be home for six weeks without going anywhere, doing anything. So I have just been home the whole time and it's been really nice. Who do you work with? Are you just based out of the, the courts at the USTA National Campus? I work out at USTA. So it's nice. It's right there. They have the courts. They have red clay. They have indoors. And the gym is great. So being able to go there and it be 10 minutes away is really nice. You're about to go on the road again. There can be a lot of free time. What are some of your hobbies that take up your time? I wish I was better about what I did on the road. I wish I could say that I go sightseeing and I do all of the things that you should do when you go places. I mostly just binge watch Netflix. <laughs> I will get through an entire season of something in about a day and a half because I just watch for hours and then I become obsessed and... Sometimes I'll think about skipping dinner and just ordering room service so that I can continue watching the Netflix show that I'm watching. Been there. A lot of Uber Eats. A lot of Uber Eats. Yeah, my Uber Eats. And it was actually really funny. My accountant was going through my U.S. Open bills and he saw Caviar, which is like an Uber Eats. And he called me very confused, asking why I was ordering caviar, like, every other night in New York. <laughs> he was like, you're spending, like, $80 on caviar? I was like, no, it's a food delivery service. It's not actually caviar. It's like the nice New York one. Yeah, we have a, we have a couple. I live in New York, so there's a couple options for different food. Uh, New York, as far as food delivery, it's the best. I mean, you can just go downstairs and get deliveries. Yeah, I mean, but you can get something food. that you can only get in the Upper East Side in 20 minutes. And it comes to your door, and you don't have to go outside and deal with, like, anything, the subway, people, crowds. Do you think at some point, though, like, maybe when you're done, you'll have a couple months or something where you want to travel and see all these places again as, like, a tourist? Because Irina's kind of talked about that. There are a few places. It's mostly places that I actually haven't been that I really want to go to. I want to go to Greece. I want to go to different parts of Italy. I would love to go to like Jordan and places like that. Those are on my list. I feel like I've seen a lot of Europe, but as far as actually seeing Europe, I would love to just do like a two week trip and actually see what I should see instead of the hotel, the courts and the three restaurants that I rotate. So, funny story. I, well, you said Jordan. Uh, Nina's boyfriend decided that he wanted to go to Petra for Thanksgiving. Like, that's just what you do. So, they went and were there for a couple days. And all of a sudden, she sees someone, like, from a distance. And someone was like, oh, can I take a picture with you? And it was Gustavo Corton. So, she saw him in Petra randomly. Wow. So we're walking around, maybe 3 p.m. So we've been there for, since 7 a.m. And we're walking out, like on our way out. And he's just on his own with his girlfriend or his wife. I'm not sure. And I'm like, oh, my God. And of course, I'm not, hey, can I get a photo? Like, I'm not that kind of person. 
but you have to. That's all that right. matters. And no one, like most of my friends don't know who that is and it really bugs me. So now that you guys do, I'm like, yes, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> we get it. What was the highlight of your Jordan trip? Oh my gosh, you'll never guess who I saw. <laughs> Wait, I want to know, do you like Christmas more than New Year's? Are you always in the plane for New Year's? Like what does Christmas and New Year's look like? Irina is laughing as you ask me that because she's seen my Christmas decorations. I'm real extra when it comes to Christmas. I have three Christmas trees. <laughs> like actual Christmas trees. I have two small trees inside and I have a tree on my front porch. And then I have a bunch of little mini trees. My house, it looks like Christmas threw up on my house and I love it. So I have been to the store with her, I think, like three <laughs> times. And every single time she's like, I can't get any more Christmas decorations. And lo and behold... We managed to get more. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of Christmas. I think I'm more of a Christmas fan because New Year's, it's always during the season. Half the time I'm in Australia or New Zealand and I'm so jet lagged, I fall asleep way before the fireworks are starting. I think one year I stayed awake for like the kids fireworks at nine and that was good enough for me and then I just wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> so... I definitely am a massive Christmas fan, even though I'm usually on a plane during Christmas. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you have to leave that early or how it usually works out. I know last year, I think you left Christmas Day, right? I left Christmas Day. Uh, a lot of people are leaving Christmas Eve or right after Christmas or on Christmas Day. Just with how the schedule starts, it's usually the 24th through the 26th. Are you excited about going or is it kind of like I wish the off season was another two weeks three weeks you definitely wish that you could have enough time to spend Christmas with your family but at the same time you're ready to go and you want to go play matches and not be in off season any longer <laughs> it's true off season can be very tough um you had a phenomenal 2018 you had a phenomenal 2017 do you have any goals on and off the court that you'd want to share with us I'm kind of funny because I had good Grand Slam results in 2018. I obviously made a final in 2017 and I won a title, but I also am not super happy with how I did a lot of the other weeks. So I want to do a lot better week in and week out. And that was how I've had my highest career ranking and made Singapore and that's really what I want to do. So I need to get a lot better at the weeks in between the Grand Slams and have more consistent results there. I mean, how many people would kill to have your career, right? And it's just it's just so funny where you have this idea. I mean, I guess that's what makes you keep going and keep winning because you're like, it's just, I'm not there. I'm not there. I, I want more. I want more. And I guess that's what makes you so good. I have gotten to a point where it's probably not the best thing, but if I don't make a quarter of a slam or of a tournament, it wasn't good. And even then, it's still not great. It's barely acceptable. So I'm pretty tough on myself. And I think if I had a year where I had lots of wins under my belt and lots of good tournaments even if it's not winning them or semis or just having lots of tournaments where I put multiple wins together, I think I'd be a little easier on myself. Maybe. 
That's what I like to think, yeah. but we'll see. <laughs> is there a level of anxiety, though, that comes with that? Because every tournament you go to, you're like, oh, I expect myself to win four, five, six matches. Or do you still enjoy the process of, of getting there? I still enjoy the process, but there's definitely two days out from a tournament is when I usually have some sort of anxiety cry of some sort over the dumbest thing in the world that will just send me over the edge. And then after that, I feel fine and ready to go and let's go play matches. But there's definitely about two days out, an hour span where the world is ending and I'm going to lose first round 6-0-6-0 and like never play tennis again. So you're human just like the rest of us. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. You know, a lot of people have this idea that, oh my gosh, you know, pro athlete, they just have a different... It's a different caliber of person, you know, but at the end of the day, you still get delivery. You still put your pants on the same way. I mean, I think so. It's just fun for a fan. I'm sure anyone listening, it's like, oh, my God, she is. I know that she's like an amazing tennis player and all this stuff, but she still is human. So I think that's cool. I played junior tennis in college. I just would dread tournaments. But then like once you get on site, you're like, oh, this is OK. Like, so I get it. I'm like. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I the biggest thing for me is the anxiety before a tournament starts is the worst for me. And then once I'm actually in a tournament, the routine of warming up and playing your match and doing a cool down and then you have post-match press, it's just the same everywhere no matter where you are. So once you get into that, I'm more okay. Granted, when you're serving for a match, my hands are still shaking just like everyone else's are. So it's all it's all relative. Everyone has those feelings and issues and all of that. It's just how you handle how it. you handle it. So you have a boyfriend. <laughs> you knew this was gonna come up. Um, he also lives in Lake Nona. Yes. How um, has it been? different to have someone actually know the sport and know what you're going through like is it like an advantage it's an advantage it also sucks sometimes because our schedules don't always match up and I'll call him and we'll be talking and all of a sudden I'll realize that it's been seven weeks since I saw him and I'm not going to see him for another three so times like that it's tough and it kind of sucks but then at the same time I'm lucky because I probably see him more than I would anyone else because we'll be at the same tournament for three weeks or we'll be going to the same three tournaments in a row. And so there's definitely good parts of the season where we're together a lot and then tougher parts of the season where we don't see each other as often. But the aspect of him 100% understanding when I come home after practice, I don't want to go do anything. I'm so tired. Let's just sit on the couch and be chill. And also, just the anxiety behind the sport, he gets and he understands. But it's also nice to have someone who you can actually talk to about things and they fully understand what you're saying. And there's definitely been people in the past that attempted relationships where after two weeks, they still haven't seen me and they don't understand. And it's, well, why can't you just come see me? Or why can't I come see you? Well, no, you can't come to a Grand Slam. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. But also, I can't leave because I'm training. So it's been it's been really good to have someone who 
understands it. Wait, we didn't we didn't say his name. Are we allowed to say his name? I mean, you can say his name. I told him I was coming to do a podcast with you guys, and he, he goes, I want to be on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. The mystery man is Bjorn Frontangelo. He should be our next guest. I agree. I, I accept this offer. Bjorn, if you're listening, you're up next. Um, we recently had uh, Allie Risk on our podcast, and her fiancé was like two weeks later. So, yes, we're all about those relationships. <laughs> we're all about it. I think it's pretty great, though, to have someone that understands everything, but it can also be kind of annoying to be a tennis all the time, right? Is it kind of... I mean, I think it's more positive that he's in tennis. It makes way more sense. The funny thing is that we almost never actually talk about tennis. If one of us is having a, an issue, then it'll come up. But I think yesterday or the day before, it was the first time I asked him like how it was going. And just because we have so many other things going on and... I know if he has an issue, he'll tell me, or if he wants to vent about something, we'll obviously talk about it, but it's not something that we're sitting there and talking about and discussing how he's hitting his forehand or how I can work on my serve. We usually just don't go there, and it's better that way. Do you ever hit together? I've actually hit with him a couple of times, but before we hit, I tell him that he can't hit with as much spin as he normally does. Keep it low and flat, please. Exactly. And then he gets annoyed because I hit it much flatter than any guy. And he complains because he says that it's too flat. And we're good for like 10 minutes. And then we should usually stop. (laughs) So 2017, finals of US Open. You were already a celebrity. You already had the fame. But that kind of catapulted it for you. All of a sudden, you were being recognized on the street. I mean, we can't go to the mall without being recognized. Like, hey, is that Maddie Keys? Yes, leave her alone, please. She's just (laughs) trying to go to Pottery Barn. What's been the biggest adjustment for you? I mean, has fame just kind of been like smacked you in the face a little bit? Or have you adjusted pretty well? I think I've adjusted well. It's always surprising to me that people will recognize me not in tennis clothes or at a tennis tournament or something to do with tennis there I understand when I'm just walking around the mall I'm still usually surprised that someone can see me from all the way across and they'd be like oh my god I know her so that's still something that I'm trying to adjust to I just don't I don't see myself as a celebrity and being famous and all of that so when people say things like that to me I'm usually still a little bit confused because that's not how I see myself, I guess. Yeah, I remember just the other day we were at Lowe's and uh, this guy just kind of looked at me and saw her and he just kind of whispered and was like, is she famous? And Madison heard it and Madison goes like, no, please just leave me alone. I'm trying to buy another Christmas tree. (laughs) I know it was also a very bad moment for me because I was buying another Christmas tree. So it was kind of a low moment for me because I was going from two to three Christmas trees. Was it really a low though? No, it was great, but like I didn't want anyone else to see that happening. But again, when people come up and say, oh, are you famous? No, I play tennis. I hit a ball over a net into some lines. That to me is just, I'm, I don't feel famous. I, I can't even imagine saying, yes, I actually am famous. Yes, like, I, I am. <laughs> I'm very well known. You don't know who I am? That's never going to be me. (laughs) 
even though you don't consider yourself famous, you still have a bigger platform than a lot of other people, especially the people that in tennis. And I feel like you've used your platform for really positive ways. I mean, you have Fearlessly Girl that you're a part of. Just messages on social media about people being nice to each other. I mean, that's it makes an impact. And do you feel that you have a voice? That was the one thing that I have actively embraced that part of what tennis has given me because I do have an absurd amount of people who follow me and want to hear what I'm saying. And a lot of people like when I tweet dumb sports things. And I think some people think I'm being serious, which is a little bit scary, but I had people who were asking me questions and all that. And for a while, I felt like I wasn't doing enough with it. And so that's why I got into Fearlessly Girl. And I'm constantly trying to spread a message of let's be nice to each other and don't be mean to each other, I guess, just because it's dumb. And if five people look at my Twitter and go and be nice to someone that day, then great. What I have and the voice that I have, you know, can make an impact. How did you get involved with with Fearlessly Girl? Is it something that, did you think of it or is it something that you joined? Is it something that existed before you? It existed before me and I joined it. It was predominantly in Canada, and now it's non-for-profit in the United States. And it was just something that, it was during a time where there were a lot of shootings going on in the States, and it was seemed like a daily thing, and bad things were happening all over the world. And it was just a really tough time for me. I was, it was pre-surgery, my wrist surgery, so my wrist was pretty shredded at that point. I was trying to become top 10 for the first time. It, there was just a lot of things going on. I felt like the world was kind of a really sucky place and I wasn't doing anything to help change that. So I found Fearlessly Girl, which is going into high schools and middle schools and talking to girls about basically being nice to each other and realizing that we're all going through the same thing. We all actually really understand each other. And the way that I've really been able to connect with the girls is on the online bullying front because it's something that adults don't really get. Adults are usually just saying, all right, well, who cares what they're thinking? But as a 17, 18, 22, 23-year-old, when someone writes you something horrible online, it hits home. So that's been the one thing that I felt like I've really connected with them on. That's awesome. Well, I speak for all the girls. We appreciate that because, I mean, I think even as an adult, if you see something like online, I mean, it just, it does hurt you. Whether, I mean, some people say like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, words will, will never, never hurt me. Yes. Okay. See, I'm the total opposite of that. I mean, words can hurt people, and it's very, like you said, it's very easy to just say, deal with it, you know, it's just a keyboard warrior. Right, or just ignore it, don't give them power, don't, you know, but if someone came up and hit you in the face, no one is going to say, well, just ignore it and maybe they'll stop. No, you should probably do something about it. About it. Mm -hmm. Like, no one should be able to come up and just, like, punch you in the face and then walk away because you don't want to give them the power. They just... They just have the power. They just literally threw it in your face. So to not do anything about the people who are doing it online doesn't make any sense. And the funny thing is for the longest time, I just ignored them, blocked them, moved on. 
But now, I like to comment back. (laughs) Because also, when I comment back and it goes from this person sending it directly to me and I'm the only person who can see it, all of a sudden I comment comment back and retweet it and my 200,000 followers, they're also reporting this guy or woman and blocking them and notifying people about him. And also... Twitter usually jumps in a lot faster when it's 30 people reporting someone versus the one. Right. Well, you have a a lot of fans and a lot of followers that really do appreciate it also. I think that's awesome. It is. It also shows a lot of growth because when in the beginning when you're seeing things, people are being mean online, you're like, that one comment can ruin my day, even if I would get like 50 nice comments. And now you're, instead of hiding it, you're like, you know what? I'm going to stand up for myself. That shows a lot of growth, a lot of maturity, a lot of balls. I also find it pretty funny when they'll write something terrible to you, you respond, have a nice day, and then you wake up the next morning and they've blocked you. (laughs) Because all of a sudden, my fans will be responding saying, you're not a very nice person, and you shouldn't say things like that. And all of a sudden, they don't tweet me anymore. So, I guess it works. (laughs) My favorite is, I'll usually just say I'm praying for you, and then all of a sudden they respond with something really nice back. Like, oh, I'm so sorry you caught me at a wrong time. Like, I just bet a lot of money on you and I'm just really disappointed that you... I'm like, really? Yeah, I always love the ones that will say, I bet my last 10 euros on you, go die. It's like, well, why are you betting 10 euros on me if that's... Like, you should probably use it for dinner or something. I... You should not be relying on me to make you more money. Go get some food. McDonald's. Dollar menu. Yeah. I think it's mostly people that gamble and then they just bet small money and get really upset and like live in their basement with their moms. So I like the the active approach. So with with the fame and the followers, that's all awesome stuff. Even though you're not a celebrity, I get it. But you do a lot more photo shoots and like commercials and videos. And there's one that I can't get over. The one where it's Akivi and you're in the sweater and the wig. It just seems like they're all the, the you, you're, you're in Wilson ones. You're in IBM USDA ones. I mean, it just seems like there's more in Evian. Like, is this stuff really fun? Is it really creative? Or is it like, hey, Madison, come and do this. And you're like, okay. Like, I will say most of them are fun. The Akivi one started fun and then I had a wig cap on for so long that it got to a point where I told everyone I needed a 20 minute break because my head needed to like breathe but there are a lot of them are super fun and I've definitely gotten more comfortable in front of a camera so what used to take two hours to finally get three shots that everyone liked I can usually go in and mostly just mess around and that's usually the pictures that they end up liking the best so i've started to have a lot more fun with it and to me a lot of times i can't believe that what i'm doing is gonna look amazing and i'm just thinking small like i'm standing in a random studio and making funny faces okay we'll see how that works and then it comes out I'm like wow i look really good i like that wow you guys are you guys are good <laughs> oh man so for your i remember i i asked you about this um a few weeks ago but forbes 30 under 30 you got named and you didn't even have you had no idea that you were named under this how, how did you find out someone tagged me on it i think on instagram maybe it was like the U.S. Olympic team, all of a sudden I got a notification. I saw it and I was confused at first because, again, I had, I had no idea. 
So then I saw the Instagram post and then I went on Forbes and then I saw my name and I was like, that's really cool. That's me. Like I'm on Forbes. Wow. I feel like I'm doing stuff. Do you, okay, so you just said you get better in front of TV and stuff. Do you feel like you've gotten to be a lot better at speaking? You're really natural and like it feels really relaxed, but I, I know that sometimes that takes years. Um, do you feel like you've gotten more comfortable in front of press? 100%. I was watching a couple of years ago, I had to do, I mean, I've done media training. There's a couple of things that I still do that I try to stop and think about, I used to always start every single answer in press with, um, <laughs> every time. And the biggest tip that the guy who was running my media training gave me was, you don't have to fill silence. Sometimes it's fine to pause and think about what you want to say and then start. So that's something that I feel like I've gotten better at, but I've also just, I've gotten a lot more natural I think people appreciate that. I used to go into press and be, I would sit on my hands, be really nervous and be shrinking back. And now I go in, I'm like, hey guys, what's up? Were you there today? Cool. What are you doing later? I mean, we see these people every week. A lot of them follow my Twitter, so they know I'm not a very serious person. But my favorite thing now is that I kind of just go in and babble and I feel like people appreciate it. We do. I know Nina knows. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I always wonder, though, like, if there's anything in press or in, in media that, that annoys you that wish wasn't happening. Maybe that you don't have to do press after a loss or maybe certain questions you could just, I don't want to answer that. Is there anything that you wish was different? Every once in a while you get someone who you know didn't watch the match because you'll lose and they'll come in and ask how you felt about the match today. Like, what do you think you did well? And you're sitting there thinking, he doesn't know that I lost. This is fun. How should, how should I answer this? <laughs> or even sometimes you play horrendously. Everyone in the room knows it was bad. Everyone knows you're upset. And they'll ask, how'd you feel about today? Bad. How else am I supposed to answer <laughs> that? I'm not going to give you some inspirational pep talk where... I'll come back stronger. No, today sucked. I hated it. I want to forget it ever happened. Let me go eat some pizza. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, Sloan and I want to have a podcast. Sloan together. and you. Yeah, we want to do it at tournaments. You guys should do it. Oh, we totally want to. And clearly the, the friendship between you guys is also kind of cool because you guys played in the Grand Slam final and the French Open semis and you're like bros. Yeah, honestly, having Sloan be the one to like help me through giving a speech to a bunch of people after I felt like I did not play very well and it was my first final and it just completely got away from me and one her hugging me and talking to me after match point was huge because I mean you feel like you're by yourself you're standing on a court after being so close to something that you wanted and all of a sudden it's gone then you have to, then you know I have to talk to all of these people. <laughs> so that and then having her, you know, come over and honestly us just talk kind of took the pressure off of the situation and all of that. So I mean honestly, we're friends. We FaceTime each other all the time, we talk and it's nice to have someone who truly understands 
like what you're going through pretty much on a daily basis. So I'm really happy that we have stayed friends for as long as we have. That's awesome. We'll have to have Sloan on the podcast too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's it for this episode. We've had Madison Keys on talking about all kinds of awesome stuff from being kind to one another to playing the US Open final, being friends with Sloan, and talking about her 2019 season, which I'm sure we'll see a lot of great things from her. Um, Thanks for listening. This has been the Inside the Tour Tennis.com podcast. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me. I'll always be here to babble. I've been Nina Pantic. And I've been Irina Falcone. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.